Hey there, fellow pickers. My name is Mike Crafton, and I'm coming to you from the Redwoods of Northern California. And my name is Carl Mandrilli, coming to you from Castle Rock, Colorado. What is going on, my friend? Hey, man, I feel like this is going to be a show about learning. We uh, Last episode, <laughs> we... <laughs> Last episode, we got a lot of comments about a lot of my mistakes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We've got some comments to respond to for sure. And then, yeah. So like we, we, we haven't had a ton of guests on, but for sure, uh, the Pittsburgh Picker, Daily Cabbage, they're my favorite too. We've got Pittsburgh Picker specifically coming on today. Always excited to talk to him. I feel like I, I'm taking notes yep. when I'm talking to him because he's got so much good information. So helpful and uh, just a yep. fun guy for sure. Such a wealth of knowledge. So uh, getting into yeah. it with... We got a lot of message from our listeners. Like I said, we got an email, we got an Apple review, and then we got some messages from uh, from the Pittsburgh Picker. So we got an email from Tyler about your iPhones, and he kind of gave us some ways of being able to restore those without having the Apple password. So, or the, mm-hmm. uh, what is it called? The Apple password? Not the Apple password. Why do I draw a blank ID. as soon as we hit yeah. record? Apple ID. It's, there you uh, go. Yeah, same thing. All right. He gave us a great uh, link to an article also on how to restore the iPhone. So this works out, man. I think we have another sourcing opportunity to still buy iPads and iPhones. What do you think? Maybe. I'm going to say strong maybe on that one. So I do have an iPad that is attached to Apple ID. And I went through his first message and um, where you basically, you know, like restore it. And yeah. when I restored it, it still prompted, like it went back to like the hello screen where you're going like, I speak English and you kind of go through it. Uh-huh. It still prompted the Apple ID to, to continue. And so I think I got to dig a little bit deeper into that. Um, the iPad I have specifically is not worth all this time. Like it's not mm-hmm. that valuable. It's one of the older like minis. And then I used to see iPhones and iPads more frequently at garage sales specifically but I don't see them anymore because now phone companies are having you turning your phones and they give you credit for them yeah. when you upgrade. So I don't know that this is really, I don't know if it's worth my time basically, but it, it, I'll, I'll try it out because he took the time to, to suggest it. And so I really appreciate that. Thank you so much Tyler for doing that. Sure. I know what you're saying about Apple taking the trade-ins, but I'm telling you, I've done a couple of the trade-ins and one of them I sent back perfectly fine working iPhone. But as soon as it went to Apple and they did all their, testing and plugging in and stuff they're like oh it's got this and this and this wrong with it i'll give you 10 bucks for it and i could have sold that thing i could have sold that thing to somebody used for a lot more money than that so i i think it's just a temporary thing where people are going to be tempted to send in their old iphones to apple but they're going to quickly realize that apple is not going to pay them as much as they can just sell them on the sell them on ebay or or Facebook or wherever they need to sell them. So I think they're going to start coming back. I would still hold on to those. For me, it wasn't Apple. It was just the phone company. It was AT&T. I've got AT&T. So I just, re- I literally just like with the last week upgraded my phone and they gave me a lot of money for my old phone. So. Well, it's a lot of money. Like what? Well, I had an iPhone. I mean, I don't have how specific you want to get iPhone 12 mini. They gave me yeah. I think 700 bucks. What? Whoa. Okay. So I just credit towards the next phone basically. Okay. No, I just sent in my wife's iPhone 11 and they only gave me 200 bucks for it. Perfect work. Working in perfectly order. It was Apple. I went through Apple and and bought it that way. Maybe I should have went through the, maybe next time I'm about due for one on mine. Mine's starting to give me some trouble. So if I do another one, maybe I'll try going straight through Verizon. Cause that's who I have out here. So, We'll see how it works out. But I'm sure they all go to the same refurbishing store. It's not like 
it's not like there's a hundred thousand other stores that refurbish these things and give you money back. So no, it's just that they're trying to suck you into you know the contract and the the monthly things with the yeah with the phone uh, company. I see. But all right, we're we're getting into, into the weeds on that. Let's we got to get to the Pittsburgh bit. picker, man. He's he's the star of the show this episode. Yes, sir. Before we get to it, I got to share. I got to share real quick. Something to Uh-oh. listen for is I think that when we started the interview, it kind of caught Mike by surprise. Like, oh, we're, wait a second. I have to talk at the to start and introduce him. And it's just a really funny starting of the interview. And Mike did a great job in the interview. He asked some really key questions. And so I think the interview is, is, is well worth a listen. And obviously, he's a great guest. But the beginning is my favorite part, Mike. Favorite part. No, I think it started off fine. I'm going to have to go back and re-listen to that because I didn't see any kind of hiccup at all. I, I might have been physically cringing at the beginning. I might no. have been. Really? I didn't see anything wrong with oh it. No. All right. Well, you tell us, like, how did Mike do to start the interview? Am I wrong? Am I being overly judgmental? Or is Mike wrong? Was that pretty cringy? So here we go. All right. So our last show had a lot of questions, a lot of feedback from a lot of people. But one of the most interesting ones that I wanted to follow up on was with the Pittsburgh picker. So you... Well, we wanted to welcome you back, one thing. So welcome back. How are you doing? Everything going good? Yeah. Nice. Thanks for having me back. All right. Yeah. <laughs> as All good right. as it can be. You know, midsummer exactly. full-time reseller. So. <laughs> I saw that here. in your video. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but... Right off the right off the bat, you had yeah. some good. Uh, 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 you dropped us a comment uh, specifically for me on selling old postcards and photos. So, I'm a new reseller. I'm welcome to the feedback. So go ahead and give it to me. What do I got going on? All right. So I didn't see what you bought, but you overpaid because you said a dollar yeah. per. That you, way yeah. over. That's what I said. That's what I <laughs> okay. said. Yeah, okay. you're yeah, way it over. Was. Yep. Um, yeah, you're looking to be for photographs. I wouldn't go any higher than fifty cents, probably. Okay. okay. Then that would be. This is like I know I can sell this for twenty twenty five dollars at the fifty cent range, but okay. we typically are around five cents for uh, photos and somewhere around five to ten cents for postcards. Mm. So, and then depending on what you bought is going to, is going to translate a lot into what you're selling mm-hmm. because, and I didn't see what you bought, but were they like, how big were they? Uh, they were standard postcard size. So what, well, what is that? There's two. So there's your continental, yeah, that's which it is right your there. newer stuff. And then there's the older ones, no. which are smaller. Mm. No, it was a this is the ones. size you want. These okay. you don't want. <laughs> okay. You know your postcards. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, yeah. and, it's be, and it's not because they're bad. Like, you know, at that point you're looking for content. Like that was Caesar's Palace from the 90s mm-hmm. in Atlantic City. So that would mm-hmm. sell because of what it is. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're still, they top out around 4 or $5 unless it's something insanely rare. Right. Mm-hmm. And he showed, and just to clarify for the audio listeners, he showed two sizes and he was saying you want the smaller size, basically. Yeah. Um, I always get right. the size wrong, but it's six, the Continentals are six by four and the knees are five and. <sighs> yeah. I'll, I'll make bigger. it clear. Like, unless you know what you're doing, I probably wouldn't recommend buying postcards. Unless you get like a really good deal <laughs> on like a stash of them. 
I would disagree. Only it's five and a half by three and a half. Okay. But um, I would disagree because the only way you're going to get good at it is to do it. Not not spending a buck a piece though. I would I would be if if no. you're if you're buying a stack of them for a buck, yeah, like low risk, okay. like go for it. Right. Um, but if you're like, ooh, these could be good, but I don't know, that's when you get into trouble, right? right? We, we all know that I overpaid, so we don't need to keep bringing that up. Let's just we'll continue bring it on up. with we'll conversation. <laughs> we can bring it up one more time. No. <laughs> no, that's all right. <laughs> Go ahead. So the other thing with postcards, it's a lot different than selling like, you know, VCRs or anything like that. It's a numbers game. So like behind me, I don't know if you, well, you can't see it. It's a, it's a podcast. So behind me in like this shelf right here mm-hmm. is about 8,000 postcards and eight thousand yeah Yeah. so and that's the key to it is is it's not like you know selling a toaster where you list it in it uh it will sell within you know a couple weeks this is more of a long game and you're looking for people that are going to just peruse your store and so forth and so forth so the key to them is is that you know the more you list the more you're going to sell and then also the more variety you have, the better your chances of selling. Mm. And mm. the only other way you can play this is really, really know exact, like do a lot of research, figure out the cards that are worth the money and what they look like, and then just buy those. Mm. And then, you know, you can have a smaller inventory because it's easy. Mm. But, you know, that's the way it works with postcards because you sell the dumbest stuff. That card that I showed you a few minutes ago is a road in Bradford, Pennsylvania. That's all it is. Okay. And somebody bought it for $4 and 25 cents. Right, 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 right. Okay. <laughs> Sorry to our Bradford listeners, but <laughs> I have no idea. Where well, no, is. I mean, not, <laughs> not saying, but it's nothing, you know, it's nothing that like, you know, you would notice, yeah, like it's right. not the statue of Liberty or empire state mm-hmm. building or something like that. That's the other thing you want to steer clear of mm, okay. <laughs> is heavily, oh, really? heavily traveled areas. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's so like Niagara falls is a big no, no, just don't even those go right in our, you know, lot up bins and they go right out the door and you know, other really traveled areas and things like that. Washington DC is another one. Philadelphia, those areas are, Gotcha. So yeah. I did. Stu- I did stick to some of your principles. And one guy, it was a card, a picture of a guy in a Hawaiian hat playing a, mm-hmm. a acoustic guitar, shirtless, smoking a cigarette. So I think That's it covered awesome. all all the unique bases, but it is going nowhere at all. It's crazy. Really? Yes. What's your title? Uh, probably something dumb. <laughs> yeah, I should have prepped. Yeah. Well, your title should just be. It doesn't. It it shouldn't even. It almost shouldn't make sense. It should just be like a collection of keywords, essentially. So it kind of, it makes a little sense, but not a ton of sense. Um, I'll give you an example. Okay. So this is a photo of people on New New Year's Eve from back in the fifties. And it says vintage found photos, 1950s, New Year's Eve party, people smiling, celebrating fun. Mm, I got you. Just keywords, just keywords. Yeah, I got an, another one. Vintage found photo, 1964 buffet food, table, reception, meal, uh-huh. ashtray, snapshot. <laughs> okay. As many keywords as you can fit in the title, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And I'm going to report back. Okay. I'm going to change my keywords. <laughs> I'm going to report back on this. But this kind of went into a two-part question for you. So we want to know what are some of the things that you're no longer interested in picking? Like you just figured out that it's no good. You sent me that email and I'm like, oh. 
That's a big list. <laughs> uh, it is because we've niched down a lot. You know, we kind of sell, uh, I don't know, 10 Doll, things all dolls. the time. <laughs> dolls, Cabbage Patch dolls, postcards, photos, ephemera, that kind of stuff we sell all the time. But if I had to, like, give you my top things that I don't sell, and some of them are for personal reasons, not personal reasons, but some of them are for reasons that I just... It's just me. So that the first one and the yeah. one that popped into my head immediately because I have a video coming out tomorrow kind of touching on this subject uh, is electronics. Okay. We do not set, if it if oh. it turns on plugs into the wall, we're out because it it's too volatile. You know, y- you run the risk of selling something very expensive okay. and then having to yeah. take that item back or it gets damaged in transit or you know, the person tries to scam you out of it or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just too volatile anymore. And, and the market's kind of flooded. So we're just, we're out on electronics and the other side of the coin. And I explain this kind of in my video too, is, is that you have to mm. test the hell out of those okay. things. Everything you could possibly think of potentially cleaning them, which means taking it apart, doing whatever you're going to do to it. And I'm just, my patience for stuff like that is like down here. And I don't, want to do it so that's that's the number one is electronics we just don't sell them and there's a lot of money to be made and people make great money and we're just it's not for us it's a high return rate like you're saying though for sure Mm -hmm. it's a a a high return rate and there's a lot of potential that it could be big money that you're refunding back the following week after you've already cashed a check from ebay and as full-time resellers you know we always have we try to be responsible and keep money around obviously but that can lead to problems for the following week and the week after that it can kind of cascade so we just we steer clear okay so that makes sense don't get me wrong we'll do it (laughs) from time to time i've I've had some returns (laughs) with electronics where um and and, and even last year i sold a big or an expensive item that i I personally used it wasn't like a picked item so i knew Mm -hmm. exactly what worked and what didn't like i had used it a lot and i'm like i know the batteries working on this and then the complaint came back and it was like, these, do- like, this doesn't work at all. And I was like, oh man, like this is fraud happening right now. And so right. that was, that was an effort battle for sure. Yeah. And it becomes right. that way. And right. especially when you sell in other marketplaces, they have different policies. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, you know, you could end up, you know, out a quite a bit of money and that's right. just, we, we just steer clear of it now. And also in the fact that, you know, when you go to a garage sale or anything like that, you're one of 55 people running at the gaming systems and stuff like that. So right. uh, we prefer to kind of steer into the realm of not everybody's looking for this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it makes it a lot easier for us to source. It makes it much less stressful. And we find that we have more days that we, you know, you have peaks and valleys in your sourcing. You have sourcing right. where you're just like, I can't, everywhere I go, I'm finding great stuff. And then you have weeks where you're like, I can't find anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that right. kind of prevents that for us. That's fair. So you, okay, you've recently put out a video, something along the lines of like the downside of being a full-time reseller, which, yes. uh, which I so appreciated the authenticity but when you're talking to people who are like, you know, that's their goal. They're trying to get to where you are. Mm. It's almost serves as kind of like this, like warning, like, Hey, I made it, but it's not all, you know, like rainbows and butterflies. So, right. Yeah. Mm. So if you don't mind, yeah. Can we, can we dig into that? Yeah, sure. Okay. Let me just tell everybody, first of all, I'm fine. Okay. <laughs> okay. I got okay. a lot of people are like, you should go to therapy. You, you oh. ever try th-? And I'm like, no, 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 no. We're not there. <laughs> like, okay. 
right. right. You know, I, I you can't make a YouTube video about you being upset about something and then smile and laugh throughout the whole thing. Like, right. It doesn't work. Not that I'm acting, but, right. you know, I had to kind of tone my demeanor down a little for the video because... You know, oh, I'm really depressed. <laughs> that doesn't. <laughs> you try to be, you try to be real authentic. That's what people want. They don't want, yeah, yeah like. Exactly. And I was feeling pretty burned out that day, to be honest. To be yeah. fair. <laughs> okay. So if you could boil it down to like, you know, for those who haven't seen the video yet, they might check it out. But like, t a couple of your your reasons, two or three reasons, like, or things we should watch out for, things that you're, you know, that are challenging you, or I don't know. What, yeah. What you the biggest one is is it, it's. You know, when when we first started in this business, it was spun a lot differently. You know, the 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 community looked much different than it does today, which was only a couple of years ago. But it was very much, you know, you had these people, these personalities that were just showing you what they're buying and stuff like that. And then you had people that were out there that were talking numbers or talking, you know, how the, you know, and you, you would see the, the, the clickbait videos like make $15,000 a month selling yeah, on eBay right, and stuff like yeah. that. And it's it's changed that's that you know it seems like the community weeded out a lot of those people naturally mm -hmm. not you know not rudely but mm -hmm. it seems like you know people just migrated away from these channels because it was it was not true and mm -hmm. so you know that was one of the that's one of the things i tell everybody like if you're if you look if your goal is to eventually get there it's not that. And if you think it's that, don't do it because mm. it, it's not a get rich quick scheme. This is a work. <laughs> you it's know. a job, yeah. right? It's a job. Yeah. It's it a is job. a job. It absolutely is. We work now more now than we did when we were working 40 hours a week. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, it's at our own pace. We don't get up real early. I don't get up real early in the morning. You know, <laughs> we're typically up late, but you know, there's days where I'm listing postcards at 1230 at night. You know, there's days where, you know, I'm fielding a question from somebody in New Zealand at two in the morning, mm -hmm. you know, so, and that's what I kind of said in the video was, you know, that's the big, that's one of the biggest parts that nobody ever talks about is that this isn't, I don't, this isn't, I own a, you know, a, a clothing store or something where I'm there, I open the shop up at seven in the morning and I leave at eight at night. You know, and then after eight yeah. at night, I do paperwork and stuff like that, but I don't have any, any transactions going on. You know, I don't have to deal with the general, general public for the most part. Whereas our job, it's 24 seven, 365 days a year. Mm -hmm. We've had, a, we had an irate customer on Christmas morning messaging us because mm -hmm. she said her Furby didn't work, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, saw, and, I, I saw that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so there's, there, that's one of the biggest downsides is that this job will follow you, you know, you're on vacation, you know, and I know people always say, well, you know, I just put my, I close my store. Right. We really can't do that. <laughs> you okay. know, I mean, we can, but it's purposely making our lives harder by doing something like that. You know, mm -hmm. whereas we could leave it open and take sales and put it on time away so we don't get any shipping dings, mm -hmm. you know, but just shutting the store down altogether, not selling a thing is dumb. Mm. for us right so that's mm -hmm. one of the biggest problems is, is that you are constantly available to work and sometimes yeah. you're nice and relaxed maybe you're you know sitting by a fire or you're doing something and you get a message and that message is going to require an hour of your time and mm. you know that happens mm -hmm. you know i've been in atlantic city uh in a hotel room talking to somebody about a cabbage patch doll that they want to buy or something to that effect mm -hmm. and 
it's hard sometimes because, mm. you know, you really think to yourself like, oh, <laughs> I can never get away from this thing ever. Right. So. Yeah. That's, okay. That was customer service. Let me speak to that last part there because that hit kind of a chord with me where if you're talking about like you're having conversations with somebody who is, it's not a return. It's not an issue. They're looking at buying something. They're interested in one of your items. They mm. send you a question or two. You respond. They don't follow up with a purchase. They follow up with more questions. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. the stuff that I sell, once that second email comes in with more questions, <laughs> they buy the item about 1% of the time. They end up being mm-hmm. the buyer. And so You're once that right. second email comes in, I say, I, sometimes I'll even like sort of block them because I know they just want to talk about <laughs> the item. And I'll right. just say, okay, like I don't even respond or I'll say like, hey, hey, find it somewhere else. Not in a nice way, but that's what I'll say. Yeah. So we, it depends on what it is. So if it's Cabbage Patch, it's tough for us to do that because there's the Instagram model that okay. Sarah has where a lot of people are coming from Instagram to our store. Okay. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a little bit more of a relationship there. Gotcha. So if it's a Cabbage Patch question, a lot of the times we're going to answer them. Okay. But and to your point, you're right. After about the second or third message, you're like, this person just wants to talk to me. Right. And you can kind of feel that out. You know what I mean? But like for the Atlantic City one that I was telling you about, this person had a legitimate question and translated. And the question was very simple. Mm-hmm. They wanted to buy 12 dolls. Oh. And they okay. wanted to know if we would how we would combine shipping. Because all of our mm-hmm. listings say that just buy it, pay for it, we'll refund you the difference. Because it's just... Mm-hmm. It's just easier these days to do it that way. Right. And, but with, you know, and it does say under there for certain, for larger orders, contact us. Okay. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, 12 times $12 is going to be an awful lot of money for this person to shell out to wait to get it back. Yeah. Yeah, Nice. I'm not good with that. (laughs) (laughs) But that's still, that's a ton, you know, plus the 12 cost of the $12 that they're buying. That's a big bill. So I had sent to, said to her, you know, I responded back and just said, yeah, I understand, you know, commit to buying all of them and we will send you an invoice with the total amount for shipping. Okay. And then her next message was something about a location where she needed them to go. And I'm like, you have to change your address. So it was a back and forth, yeah. but they were all very legitimate questions and, you know, comments and stuff like that. But I'm on vacation, <laughs> mm-hmm. but this is a $500 order. Right. I can't just go, eh, no, I'm busy drinking and playing slot machines right now. Have a nice day. Right. You know, That's and I'm losing cool. that $500, so I need it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So basically, like to sum up your point, you're, you're basically saying like you're kind of always on. Um, mm-hmm. You get to go at your own pace, which is nice, but it's not, yeah, like it's still very time consuming and it, it's time consuming it potentially all hours of the day. So that's one, yes. one of the major and issues. You, yeah. you have that kind of listing, you know, we don't have like a written down quota that we want to go at every, every day, mm-hmm. but you know, in my head, I know how much I need to list in a week to be able to get it done. So a lot of the times, you know, life happens. So I'm getting behind, you know, but we don't want to upset that balance because the moment you change what you're listing or how you're listing and things like that, your store changes, you know, or you're, you're, mm-hmm. so in order to keep our income as consistent as possible, we have to do a certain amount of work right? and that certain mm-hmm. amount of work can come and become very, very, very repetitive. And then you throw the dealing with the general public on it. And that's where the video spawned out of, because 
mm-hmm. you know, me and Sarah are very much due for a break from, you know, just to get away. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we were trying very hard <laughs> to, to find a place where we can go that we could get away for a few days. And it just wasn't happening. And then mm-hmm. that kind of tailed off. And then we got a little bit more kind of yeah. sluggish. And <laughs> it just it led to the mm-hmm. video. And I, right. I just everybody on YouTube is talking about, you know. You, you know, the goal should be to become financially independent and, and all this stuff. And I will, I said it on the video. I said it after the video. I said it on live shows. I'm not going anywhere. I would never, ever quit doing what I'm doing. I love the, what I do, but it isn't all sunshine and rainbows. Okay. It isn't all, this is the greatest thing ever. And you should, right. you'll never have stress and everything will be happy <laughs> and wonderful. It's not that way. It, no, it, not can, with the it can drag on you. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, like, okay, if, if you're, I mean, if you're doing this so much and you're picking so much, you have this quota in your mind that you got to, you know, list and sell a certain amount each week. Um, you know, every once in a while you're going to find, we call it like the mother load where you're getting a lot for a little and mm-hmm. stuff that you know that you're going to sell. And so over the years when I'm doing this kind of more as a side hustle, when I find that like awesome find the mother load, I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. But if I was doing it full time and so you're finding the mother load maybe more, you know, more frequently or you've done it for longer, is it less exciting to to have those like big finds when they, they come up? No. Okay. Not at all. They're less frequent though. Okay. And why because but if you're gonna be full time, you have to establish some sort of, you know, regular sources Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. you don't want to have a lull in product. Right. 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 You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So the days of going, you know, completely living off of garage sales or thrift stores or something like that have kind of gone away. Now you can, we use them as kind of a supplement, Mm -hmm. you know, so we'll go to a couple, we have cherry picked out all the best thrift stores and those are the ones we go to and that's it. Yeah. You know, because we don't, I haven't set foot in a goodwill in over a year. You know, I just, I don't, they, they suck out here. Number one. And number two, it's more of a waste of my time to do that than it would be for me to sit down and list 50 postcards. Gotcha. Gotcha. So that's part of the reason we don't, so it becomes less frequent because most of our stuff is coming from reliable sources. So Sarah has a source for cabbage patches. I have a source, many sources for, uh, postcards. And then we have several auctions in our area that are very heavy on the stuff that we sell. Okay. So those are, you know, we're pulling from that. We're pulling from the cabbage Mm -hmm. patch. We're pulling from all this stuff and we've got all this stuff in the house. So we're like, man, (laughs) we don't need to go very many other places. Right, Right. Right. So, you know, and now it becomes kind of supplementing. So yeah. that's really what we do. So less frequent, but yes, no, it's still awesome whenever it happens. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah. Like we had an awesome sale over uh, last week that was one of those, whoops, how'd that happen? <laughs> so, oh, okay. That was an odd one. Like you found a mother load sale or you sold something? No, it was to... an item that we had had, um, that we had had and we didn't think anything of it. And then when we mm-hmm. put it on, we were like, oh, that's actually worth kind of a lot of money for what it is. It was a, an old like knife and basket, like hand weaved basket. Mm-hmm. We were like, how much could this be worth? Right. It wasn't. It was a, it was a native uh, gathering tool and somebody bought it that curates a museum because oh, and it was wow. It was like three hundred dollars. Wow! And nice, nice. That so no, it absolutely is not. In fact, 
there's a uh, we got to figure out if we could sell it but right where my finger is is a blowgun mm. and i don't know if we could sell it or not <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah it's kind of on the line i don't know right it's native like it's old did you guys find any comps for the gathering basket no. So what happened is, is we listed it at the best way we could. And then somebody actually, the guy who ended up buying it, reached out and was like, hey, it's actually this. And it's actually rarer than what the one that you listed it as. He's like, it's not worth okay. much more money. And then we looked it up and found it. And he was right. It's, But it is a little more rare. And um, he's like, it's actually this. He's like, but I need to see the, the hilt. He goes, you know, if it's pressed iron around it or whatever, um, or I'm sorry. It's soft iron, like wrapped around, almost like, uh, like they tapped it around the hilt of the yeah, knife. The way it was made, sure. Yeah, and it, we sent him pictures, and he's like, "Yeah, it's this tribe. It's from here. That's the gathering basket. That's the the knife that they use to gather berries and stuff like that. That's a. It's because it's very rare. He's like, it's not. Okay. <laughs> it's not super expensive, but it's very rare. And he mm-hmm. he sent us a website, and we looked it up on our own and WorthPoint and stuff like that. And he was right; it was worth about three hundred fifty dollars. And we sold it to him for a little cheaper because of what he did. But you know, it was okay. just sitting in this mm, house. Nice. Like we some we we bought it from somewhere I don't even remember. And it was one of those things where you're like, this isn't going to be worth anything. And you just kind of set it aside for a minute, and then you look at it again, mm-hmm. and we're like, ah, we'll just put it on. And then I, Sarah, it always happens because Sarah lists. I list right here, here, and she's on the other side mm-hmm. of the house, and I hear, oh, so here's the thing. Remember that basket? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. She's like, it's worth like three hundred dollars. And I'm like, this has been sitting in our house for how long? That's awesome. So. That's really cool. I and mean, that's, that's, that's the fun yeah. stuff. Every, that happens every once in a while to me where you find you're like, oh, it's this little thing. And then I, I'm like, oh, this is actually quite valuable. So, um, and, and yeah. honestly, we find a lot from this is the podcast. Like Mike's mentioned some things where I'm like, why, why would that even be worth anything? And then I look it up. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I found I found a lot of stuff like you're talking about the interest in YouTube and reselling and, and eBay and all that stuff that people are really into seeing what you bought, what you paid for it, and then what you mm-hmm. sold it for. Like those are just hot videos right now. But the ones that drive <laughs> the ones that drive me crazy are when people show their 90 day sales on eBay. I'm like, that doesn't tell me stand it. anything. It's Okay. Never once have I ever done it. You you, you made ninety thousand dollars, but what did you pay for that stuff? So I think that's yes. I think people are that's a big that deal, right? Exactly. I think so too. Um, and I always am of the impression like what I make is nobody's mm. business. Mm-hmm. You know, you could. I mean, I guess if you watched all my what sold videos, you could figure mm-hmm. it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but even still, you know, there's things that I don't show. Um, there's things that, you know, I can only talk about so many cabbage patches, you know, over and over and over again. So I, yeah, I, I don't, I've never done it. Um, there's been some debate about people doing it that I've heard. Um, but you're right. The 90 day total doesn't mean a thing. It could be 1.2 million. And if you spent 999,000 on all that yeah. stuff, you made $200,000. Yeah. So. I take $200,000. I'll take that. Yeah, so I, I would so too, I, but the amount of work you would have to do and the amount of capital you'd have to shell out to be able to do that. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you. Okay. Not yet. Not until the Pickers podcast yeah, becomes so monetized. Next week. <laughs> exactly. It's close. <laughs> it's real close. They're reaching out to Final. us. Right. 
right after this video exactly. it's going to be they're yeah. going to hound you i'm sure um okay so you already mentioned that you, okay so you, you found that the basket and that was one of your more interesting recent sales you, okay what else have you got going mm -hmm. on here besides your typical things have you had any anything else kind of recently pop up you're like that surprised me or this is this sold for more or less or see well well this will get back into so it's it is typical but this will get back into the the original topic postcards no almost every time i get surprised yeah. about the, the postcards like i sold we sold a postcard uh a uh, temple of the church of jesus christ of latter day saints in oakland california for twelve dollars and 25 cents wow i have no idea why anybody would one want that card or two why they spent 13 dollars right. <laughs> But so postcards are one of those things. If you prejudge ahead of time, mm -hmm. you're going to be sadly, sadly mistaken many, many okay. times over because, and I almost run almost every card I list through, at least through eBay to take a peek at what they're, you know, what they're selling for, what people are sure. asking for them. Um, because a gas station in, in Coronado, California could be a $30 card for all you know, because there's only four of them right. in existence. Uh -huh. You know, or something yeah. like that. So, yeah, yeah. If you go to and visit California, you're like, oh, I hope we can find a postcard of a gas station to send home. That'd be great. Right. Yeah, <laughs> Who would buy right. that? In, in churches, the, the, for, they are very yeah. worthless. The, the Latter day Saints one's an oddball, but churches are another one that I, I me personally, I'm not a religious person, but even if I was a religious person, I feel like if I was in Hawaii, mm -hmm. the last postcard I'd even think to send to somebody is here's the Catholic church <laughs> in Hawaii. Like there's so many other postcards right. you could send. Yeah. Why are you sending a picture of the Catholic church? Right. But I don't get it. But yeah. Um, what else have we sold that surprised? We me? talk about all that all the time that you never know what kind of buyers are out there for whatever kind of, oddball Chotsky thing that they're looking for that mm -hmm. you've got. So I shotgun yeah. everything out there, see what sticks. Yeah. Who knows where that buyer is yeah. going to be. Um, yeah. I mean, we sell a lot of the same stuff. So a lot of our store is very repetitive. Like I'm scrolling down through paid and ship mm -hmm. stuff. <laughs> it's almost all the same. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah. And that's one of the downsides I think, but it's, I think it's a necessary evil because you know, if you're full time and this is what your income relies on, you've got to have, you've got to, you've got to be repetitive to be able to have a somewhat of a predictable mm -hmm. income. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm going to garage sales every week and hoping that I find good stuff, I could get myself mm -hmm. in trouble. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because I could, you know, and it happens, it used to happen to us all the time before we were full time is we would go out for a weekend we'd have planned out you know where we're going garage selling and we come home right. with two things we were mm -hmm. out for five hours you know so we knew early on that if we were ever going to make a run into full-time we would have to find a way to consistently at least have some stuff coming in consistently that we can consistently sure. list and then when the big stuff or when we find the grails and the stuff that we really want to sell you know kind of pile that on top of right. your regular stuff right. and that's what postcards and pictures do for us is they kind of fill in those gaps yeah and that's what they're great for. That's And that's what I was going to actually tell you when I got off topic. But postcards are not, you could never make a living selling. I mean, you could, but you'd have to be massive. Like your <laughs> store would have to be humongous. Uh -huh. And, but postcards are really great for filler. So if you like hearing that cha-ching sound and you believe that the algorithm does play a part in what you do, 
postcards are great because you're going to have 50 plus listings every other day or every day or whatever it is. Granted, they're five, six, seven dollar listings, but they're there and you're constantly working. And for us, it works because, you know, we just sold another right. postcard and. And I just actually just listed that one, and I thought it was worthless. You never know. You never know what's going to go. Yeah. Let me. Can I ask you about exactly. the about the sell, the sending of the pictures and the postcards? Because if you're printing off labels from eBay, like the the minimum you're spending is what like three four dollars. You know. And so, no. are you are you stamping them and then handwriting the labels, or how do you do it? No, it's a standard envelope. So eBay has a standard envelope for postcards and for um, small items, uh, trading oh, okay. cards. So it looks okay. like that, oh. and it's a basically a trackable okay. stamp. Um, so it's sixty cents for a one ounce envelope in these rigid envelopes. That's okay. what we use. Oh. Um, these are six and a half by four and a half uh, rigid envelopes, and there's one company that makes them. Okay. Oh. And they frequently are out. Oh, is that right? <laughs> so do you? So does that print? Yes. Like you have to print on the envelope, or do you buy from the? Yeah, it's oh, a label. Okay. See okay. the label. Mm-hmm. Okay, right here. So yeah, it's a label. It's a six by four. eBay yeah. does. eBay does it. Macari does it. Etsy does it. Um, Poshmark obviously doesn't do it because they're priority yeah. only. But now with photos, they're first class. Okay. So you can't, and also with photos, you can't use these tiny little envelopes because the po- this is an argument with me in the post office and many people in the post office, but they don't consider this a parcel. They consider this an envelope. So it's either a stamp or priority. Those are your only choices with okay. this. If you put a first class label on this, technically it could come back or they'll charge the person the priority okay. price. So... <laughs> And again, I've had this argument before because if you go up to an eight by four um, envelope, you're fine because they consider that a parcel. Okay. Mm-hmm. But this, they do right. not. Gotcha. So with the photos, they all go in eight by four or five by seven envelopes, or no, I'm sorry, eight by four envelopes, and then they go out first class, which is you're right, three dollars, okay. four dollars, depending. On gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. But oddly, people don't mind paying it. Um, we get it all the time. I mean, and a lot of people will combine them. That's another plus side to selling right. stuff like mm-hmm. that is people will go through your store right, and buy right. many. Okay. Cool. So. All right. Well, hey, I really appreciate you giving me that education on old photos and postcards. I don't think I'm going to give up on them no yet, problem. but I'm definitely not paying a dollar a piece anymore. <laughs> so. Don't pay a dollar a piece for them. 50 cents. Go to an, I'm telling you, go to an antique store, find somebody in that antique store that has a whole bunch of them in there uh-huh. and I guarantee you they're probably you'll see a few of them listed around the 50 cent range and as long as they're not the big ones it's fine. <laughs> okay. figure it out it's and you can message me I'll help you I mean okay. I also have a video of the beginner's guide to post <laughs> okay. oh okay. That's awesome. all right. I didn't scroll back we'll have to link enough. that in the show description as well that's funny watch yep. out <laughs> yeah all right perfect so you guys you guys want, kind of want to give you a chance to promote some of your stuff i know you guys have the live shows on thursday which i've jumped on them a couple times and you guys yeah. are a character together let me tell you <laughs> some entertainment value right there what else do you have uh anything else you want to talk about i put out one video a week because you know youtube's not my full-time job uh, reselling is so most of my time is dedicated to reselling. Um, so yeah, we're live Thursday, Sunday night on Arch on Pittsburgh Picker Channel, uh, nine thirty p.m. every Thursday and Sunday night, and then Fridays around six. Normally, I I'll release kind of a weekly video, and lately it's been a little more negative, <laughs> but 
I don't, the last video I had to check and see, I'm like, did somebody shout me out or something? I'm like what's happening? Why am I getting so many views? And uh, it just, it skyrocketed. And I'm like, Oh, this is going to be bad. But, um, so, well, I, <laughs> the one video that goes viral is me sad about something. And I'm like, Oh man, no one's going to think I'm one of those people. No, but no. So yeah, every Thursday and Sunday, nine 30. And then we've got some, uh, things coming up. Um, and so I, I could list off referral links till I'm blue in the face, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so, okay. Well, we'll, we'll have some but, of those links in our show description for yeah. sure. And, um, you know, both on YouTube and on the audio apps as well. But, um, yeah, it is interesting that, yeah, I think, I think you just being like authentic and real about kind of yes. what it's like to be a full-time reseller pick or whatever. I think people are like, well, yeah, what is that? Like, he's going to really share what it's really like. And it's not, you know, it's not going to be like you said, rainbows and butterflies. And so, yeah, yeah, that is, that has been okay. my goal since day one, um, was to show everybody right. what yeah. it's really like and not, I, I don't, I don't ever appreciate having sugar coated things because it inevitably, it just, you know, you find out yeah. the reality behind it and you're like, what? right. Exactly. This isn't exactly. all what I'm supposed to be like. And so that was my goal from day one. And I have always said that, like, you know, if, if, if you ever see, you know, in the future when the Pittsburgh mm -hmm. Picker Channel's humongous, you know, and I'm doing live reads, I can still guarantee you that every one of those live reads, I either mm -hmm. believe in it or use it. Because I just, I, I, I mean, I've gotten emails from people that are like, hey, we have uh, uh, goth jewelry. You want to promote that? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, please don't email me again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's so yeah. funny. Okay. Right. Well, hey, we really appreciate you coming on the show. Yes. We, it's always a blast, and we always learn yeah, a ton you're... from you. So thank you so much mm -hmm. for your time. All right, man. Jeez, I love having Pittsburgh Pickering on. And there wasn't nothing awkward about the way that I started that. That was perfectly fine. What are you talking all about? Right. Well, we'll ask our audience. They can be the judges. I, all like, right. You know what? We, we all have our expectations. And I certainly start off interviews in an awkward way, so I'm not saying that you, you know you're the only person to do that. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe All I'm right. wrong. So we'll see. We'll leave it to you, our listeners. Let us know in the comments, either on YouTube or over on Instagram, wherever you want. Any okay? I mean, I think we reacted. I think we kind of covered the ground we wanted to cover. Any any last yes. thoughts about um, Cabbage Patch dolls, postcards? <laughs> pictures uh like he gave us a lot of tips with you know electronics with any any last thoughts yeah you know he gave us a the the one that i keyed on in on that's very valuable to all of us resellers if we're picking these up is don't you know use keywords in your descriptions don't use right like i use the title of the postcards maybe that's where i went wrong and i just need to use those keywords like guy playing guitar shirtless smoking or something like that something that's going to be catchy so right. I, I definitely, yeah, I'm going gonna, gonna to give you guys an update. I'm going to change that description, give you guys an update and see how that one plays out. I think it should sell. It's a very cool postcard. I mean, legitimately I would buy it myself because it's just so, so fun. Mm. So I'll give you guys an update right. when it sells. Fair enough. Fair enough, man. Okay. Well, good deal. Yeah. I, yeah. Takeaways. Yeah. It's interesting. He stopped selling electronics, but I get it. I have a, I have a return rate with my electronics for, like I mentioned, things things go out, they're fine, and then suddenly they stop working. So there's a combination of, you know, mishandling it during shipping, fraud, or who knows. So Fraud's the one that I'm wor really worried about. And kind of kind of a couple of the, the uh, takeaways from that is, you know, get the serial numbers if it's a big item price. Make sure that you're getting like for like back. Yeah, that's a big product. one for sure. So just be careful when you're shipping sure. those out. 
All right, so I, I've had quite a few sells going on this week or this last week that were pretty interesting, but I just wanted to touch on at least one of them. And it was, I went to yeah. a, a garage sale, or an estate sale, and they had a bin, 25 cents, listed 25 cents, marked 25 cents for each of these things. And I picked up a Nintendo Donkey Kong barrel. So it's a little barrel that was in a Happy Meal from uh, Burger King Happy, or Burger King, uh, do, does Burger King call them Happy Meals? Whatever. So it was a little Donkey Kong barrel. <laughs> Paid 25 cents for it, and I sold it for $3 plus $5 <laughs> shipping. Can you believe that? Okay. I made. I can't believe I that. Made, yes, I can believe that. That's not that much money. <laughs> I made $2.75 on that transaction, oh buddy. Gosh. All right. Well, I'll, okay, I'll share mine. Let me, I got show and tell here. Okay, what do you got? You know what this is right here? That's uh, a vintage airplane toy for our audio listeners that uh, Carl's holding up. But mm -hmm. is that is that from your childhood? No, no, no? Oh. it's a picking podcast. What are you talking about here? <laughs> All right, this is um, Fisher Price Little People vintage toy here. Okay. All right. So is that a garage sale? And they had like a little box, or they had a box full of that stuff. And yeah. I said, "How much for this stuff?" And she said, three dollars." I was like, mm -hmm. "Oh, three dollars for you know this vintage stuff? Sure." sold mm -hmm. but then i looked and she's like i got more of that and she had like a big bin full of it and so i'm okay. thinking well three dollars for the box bins bigger so maybe like 10 bucks for the bin yeah. and she's like uh actually like I, i'm gonna charge you 50 bucks for the bin full of it so i was like okay well i don't know much about this stuff and so yeah. would you have bought it uh, not for 50. Well, I mean, it depends on how big the big bin is, but I know Fisher price antique vintage, vintage Fisher price is probably going to sell. So mm -hmm. quality, what the quality look like when you looked in the box, if it was all yeah, dirty and ratty. Yeah. yeah. I would have passed. Okay. I would have passed. passed. On that one. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I didn't, I bought it, man. I bought it. Obviously that's oh. like what I have right here. Yeah. So I bought it. And then, so I it took it, it took some time. I kind of had to like separate out all the parts and pieces which yeah. sets do I have? Which sets are complete? Which sets are incomplete? And so mm -hmm. I ended up having like six different sets, some complete, some not complete, and then some partials. Like I had like leftovers. I had like, you know, Sesame Street characters that I sold yeah. independently. And so that was, that was my favorite thing. It took some time, but I did it with my wife, so it was kind of fun. So um, I've sold, I think, four of the sets so far, ranging from like $40 to $130. No kidding. Wow. Yeah. So it was a big time find. Go. And as I was showing you the airplane, like there were actually two airplanes and I sold the airplane set already. So this is kind of like a leftover plane. I realized I, I think I sent the, the lower quality one to the original person. So <laughs> oh, I was like, no. oh, this is the door that works. The other one doesn't work. They're going to be complaining. They're going to ask for a refund. And so I, to, I think I might've just lost some of that money I just shared with you. So anyway, uh, that's how it goes. Geez. All right. Nice. Fine, buddy. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. So okay. yeah, I've seen that a couple times out there. I have, that's not a common thing that I, that I see, but I have seen it a couple times. Yeah, I so. came across it also, and I bought some vintage vintage, uh, vintage toys like that, and they weren't in the best shape, so I don't think I picked very well, but I like to pick those All things right. up too because I know they do sell. Fair enough. All right. All right. You got trivia? I got trivia for you. Are you ready to handle trivia mistakes? Yes. What you got? All right. Number one. Number one. What's the best way to handle being corrected about your reselling mistakes? Is it A, treat it like a stand-up comedy routine, B, throw a temper tantrum and stop reselling, or C, go on a shopping spree to make yourself feel better? 
What you doing? What kind of question is this? Oh my gosh! I don't know. What, I don't even know what you're looking for. <laughs> no What's the best this. way to handle being corrected? What way? Okay, what would you pick? Uh, D. Learn from your mistakes. <laughs> learn from your mistakes. No, you treat yeah. it like a stand-up comedy routine. Grab a microphone, gather a crowd, and talk about your epic reselling blunders. Laugh at yourself. Okay. That's the best way. That's what we're doing. All right. All right. So you're saying everybody, whether they have a YouTube channel, a podcast, or nothing at all, yes. find an audience and make fun of yourself. Just just light, lighthearted, make fun of yourself. Don't make fun of yourself okay. to where you're going to go in depression. All right. So <laughs> you, you did not get that one correct, by the way. Right. <laughs> there is no D. <laughs> number okay. two. What's the number one most common re- reseller mistake? Uh, I'll give it to you. If you guess at least one of the first three. Okay, so not multiple choice. It's not multiple choice. So just give me an answer. And if you guess one of my top, one of my first three, I'll give you the point. Mm. Um, over or underpricing the item? Pricing errors is number one. Ding, ding, ding. All you right, got it correct, right. my friend. Some of the other ones are inventory management issues, shipping and fulfillment mistakes, and then the, my personal favorite, inadequate product knowledge that goes along okay. with our Okay, well, that's, that's common for me. So, yeah. All right, okay. number three. You got to get this one right to win trivia. Which one of these does Yamaha not make? Yamaha. <laughs> a, okay. marine products. Okay. B, audiovisual equipment. Or C, a power scrub mop. The musical mop features a handle that resembles a miniature keyboard complete with buttons. As you push the mop across the floor, it emits musical melodies based on the movement and speed of the mop. <laughs> okay. okay, we got to work on trivia questions. You have like A, simple answer, B, simple answer, C, paragraph, um, A, marine products, but it was a super no it's c power they do not uh, make a power scrub mop that makes music while you push okay. it i don't well they make musical stuff so i thought that music i don't know <laughs> they do. i don't like yamaha i told you i'm not, I'm not selling that stuff anymore you're like well you should be an expert on it <laughs> yeah, they're pretty simple i was actually okay. surprised that when i was researching that question how many products yamaha actually makes all across the board mm, it's kind of funny they do, they do make all right buddy i hate really to tell you stuff. but you've Failed trivia this week, and it was pretty yeah. simple. It sounds easy enough. Okay. Well, right. thank you for that. Thank you for your awesome trivia, and uh, thank you to the Pittsburgh Picker for coming on our show and gracing us with endless wisdom in the reselling market. We appreciate it, and we hope to have them on again. Uh, all right. It's time, fellow pickers, to go find your own treasures one story at a time. And remember, it's not reselling if you are not using the Yamaha Power Scrub Mop. <laughs>